From the Jewish Food Society, I'm Amanda Dell, and this is Schmaltzy. Personal stories about food and the people behind them. Today on Schmaltzy, Idan Habasov, aka the Hala Prince. Idan is a multidisciplinary artist born and raised in Tel Aviv who shares his love of making challah with his ever-growing online community around the world. We'll hear Idan's story and our conversation afterwards, both recorded live at a schmaltzy salon at Lighthouse in Brooklyn. My mom, Michal. She's the best mother in the world, although she never baked challah. But she every day used to waiting for us, came back from school with a hot meal. And then when my father Shlomo came back from work, he would take us to the beach to end up the day. What a perfect childhood. My parents supported me in anything I wanted to do in life. If it's playing piano or doing judo, I know that each Jewish mother prefer her son will be a lawyer or doctor, but in the end, all I wanted to do is become a dancer. After high school, I joined to a professional company, and dance was a big part of my life. Eventually, after a while, I wanted to do some change, so I started to learn animation in art school in Tel Aviv. And I was so happy with the decision I made. <sighs> Until one day, I got very bad news. Mom has a cancer. I thought I need to quit for my study to give that time for my mom. But even then, she never let me give up. Four years later, I finished my school and my mom recovered. That was a wonderful chance for me, an opportunity for another change. So I picked up all my stuff and I moved to Berlin. I visited Berlin for many times and I knew Berlin is the perfect place to be. The art scene, the architecture, the beautiful big gardens, and even the beautiful German guys. <laughs> the first winter for me, to be honest, was pretty difficult for an Israeli spoiled boy like me. But shortly later, the summer came, and I met a wonderful guy named Jan. And we fell in love. I loved Jan very much, but... I couldn't shake for me the feeling of depression that I probably got when I arrived to Berlin in the first time. Jan and I decided to get married after eight months. And even in my wedding day, which supposed to be the most happiest day in my life, when all my friends wanted to go out and party and celebrate the day, all I wanted it's that evening, we'll come to the end, go to my, to my bed, and cover myself under the blanket. Our honeymoon was in Israel, and that was a great time to be here. 
I remember our last day at the beach, me holding the popsicle and thinking to myself, I will not have it in Berlin. So when we arrived to Berlin, my depression got worse. As an artist, I couldn't create, I couldn't get out of bed, and I couldn't find a job. All my friends and family was concerned about me. Even myself was concerned about me. I didn't want to involve any medication back then, and my cousin just suggested me to try meditation. I know that sounds funny, but it actually helps. I start to feel my body again, and I start to be more clear in my mind. That clarity brought me the understanding that maybe I love Jan very much, but we are too different to stay together. So shortly after we broke up, I got my own apartment and my own kitchen. And I even started to host Shabbat dinners. And I remember very well that Friday when we had everything on the table. Good shakshuka, good hummus, big bowl of Israeli salad. And I was searching my challah to dip it in the shakshuka, but I couldn't find. And when I asked one of my friends why we don't have challah on the table, he told me, you can grab that bread, you can dip it as well, it's a bread as well. And other friends said, you can go to the bakery and have your challah. And that's what I did. The week later, I went to the kosher place, I grabbed my challah, but it wasn't tasty at all. <laughs> that was very dry, tasteless, not like the one I know from Israel. So I just thought, Idan, you probably need to make one. <laughs> but wait. I never baked challah. I never baked at all. And each time, if you would say baking, I was thinking about mess in the kitchen, flour everywhere, sticky hands, needs to clean the kitchen for hours later, no thanks. But I have no choice. So I went to the supermarket and I bought all the ingredients I need, mix it in the bowl, knead my dough, braid my challah, and put it in the oven. And when I opened the oven, I saw the most beautiful thing in my life. <laughs> and the smell was so good. Since then, I baked challah every Friday, and I got always three loaves. One I keep for myself, one I share with the friends, and the third one I give to different neighbor every week. Challah, challah makes me feel grounded, helps me to stay creative, and always share this positivity with everybody. And today, I live in Israel, the challah land, and I know no matter where I will be in the world, I will be able to share that magic. Thank you.
Thank you so much for sharing your story and joining us. It's not every day we have royalty on the Schmaltzy podcast. Thank you. Well, I loved when you talked about your mom, Michal, and how she would cook for you at home and your family. What, what kind of stuff would she make? Very simple things, not uh, something very special that can, that can be just a pasta or chicken, like pomace, like french fries, it's English, right? <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, just Israeli salad all the time, on the table, all the time. Very small cuts and onions, tomato and cucumber, that's all. And I loved it so much with Hina. That's his very strong memory. And who else would be around the table? My brother is younger than I in one and a half year. Uh, we are very close. And that was mostly us. And of course, Shabbat dinners, that was the whole family, my father and my mom. How did you become interested in dance and then in art? Like, was that something that you always felt or was there a turning point when you knew you wanted to do these artistic expressions? I always love art and express myself through the body. I remember as a kid, I used to do like a belly dancing, like in the salon and dancing for myself always, just like, you know, as a kid. And that was, uh, that was very fun to me. And I do like, I knew how to do like webs with my belly. So everybody really liked to, to see that. And as a kid, I was a starter kid. I couldn't really talk uh, properly and one of my teachers even told me once that I can do anything in life if it's not needs speaking. I mean, she had a good meaning, I guess, but it's turned out the way that I just like closed my mouth and was very quiet kid. And I think the dance was start back then, like start to express myself through the body because my mouth was most of the time closed. Yeah. Wow. How did you overcome your stutter? Um, with the years, not I did not do something uh, special for that. I mean, just with the time, my parents helped me all the way to understand what are my strengths and where I can be good and what I'm good in. And I just give the energy there. And once I open my mouth, I, can, I cannot close it now. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> a lot changed. Yeah, a lot. <laughs> Many Israeli artists leave the country to go to Berlin or a lot come to New York City. Why do you think that is? I assume there is many reasons and each of us has his own reason. In general, I think Israel is a small country and people want to explore, people want to try different things. And in Israel, there is some limits that, and I think out of Israel, you have the, the options, the abilities, the opportunities uh, to explore more. Um, that was actually my reason. Uh, I loved Israel very much and I always was happy in Israel and I just want to have that uh, adventure for myself just to try different things and I'm so grateful for that because that taught me a lot uh, about how to be how to be man on my own away from my Jewish mother. <laughs> you can imagine. <laughs> so that was your first time on your own. Do you remember how you felt? I was very excited. Uh, I remember I had no fear. Uh, I just was so ready to do that. Of course, in the process, you start to feel a lot of things that you probably repressed before, and a lot of emotions start to come uh, on the surface. And that was, I guess, one of the reasons of the depression I had in the first winter there. But yeah, but I, I always was happy to find the right tools like meditation and other things to help me 
to deal with what I'm going through it with. Well, you talked about, you know, your Shabbat dinners and, and finding a community there and <laughs> some questionable kosher yeah. bakeries in Berlin. But I would love to hear more about what the Jewish life was like there. So there is a lot of different communities there that you can do Shabbat dinners, and that's what I did. I did not host every weekend Shabbat <laughs> dinners. <laughs> well, when, when I see the, com the Jewish community here in the U.S., it's like it's so big and so different. In Europe, you cannot allow yourself to walk in the street with kippah or with the tzitzit or with Jewish symbols. In Europe, it's different. Here, it's very open. I see in Brooklyn, it's, it's amazed me, and I'm very happy about that. But there, the Jewish community is very humble, uh, try to keep things in their own zone. And what about being you know, a queer person in Berlin? What was that you know, scene like, and, and was that welcoming? Yeah, so um, I, think it's, I think Berlin is a dream of each queer. It's a, it's a beautiful city, very welcoming, very receptive, very open. Um, I think that was also one of the decisions to get married with a guy, with a man, to, you know, to have this, this chance to do that. And I was so happy about that uh, because when I came out, when I was 16 years old, I never thought I'm going to get married with, with a man. Uh, that wasn't even an option. And as a city, Berlin is accepting? Very is, much. Okay. Yeah, it, very much. Tel Aviv, yeah, it's, it's te, Tel Aviv as well, but the thing is, and I, I, I always said that Tel Aviv is not Israel and Berlin it's not Germany. And there is something very special in that uh, vibe in this city. Um, the nightlife also very open there. And it's like, it's a whole culture of go to the club, listen to music, being the gay places. And yeah, it's things that, that you don't have in a small places, usually. Yeah, my, my doctor uh, was like only for gays. So this is something that I don't know from Israel. It's like we have in Berlin the whole thing for gay community. Do you think there's a particular reason why that is that way? Um, I think, I think uh, the gay community has its own needs. Mm. And I think in Germany, people understand that. It's understandable. Yeah. Okay. So changing gears a little bit, I want to talk about the moment in your story when you wanted to, when you decided you were going to make this challah and you had never cooked or baked really anything before. Yeah. So what was going through your mind? Well, I, I never baked. I never baked. And this is true that all the time I hear baking, do something in the kitchen, it was like a mess for me, you know, because flour, it's a mess. It's a mess <laughs> to work, work with flour. <laughs> you need to learn how to do that. And I, I was scared a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I was scared because I, you all the time, each step in the process, you don't know if you do it right. You do because there is no one ne next to you. I never went to a baking or cooking school. So that was scary in the beginning, but from day to day, from time to time, you become more familiar with the feeling and with the feeling in your hands and with your feeling in your heart. It's two different things. And then you just become comfortable with that. Okay, but be honest, how was the first one? I don't want to talk about that. Oh, no. no, we have to talk about <laughs> no, that. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. That, that was, I mean, that was, for, for four years, I did only challah from three strands. Never took the courage to try different things. 
uh, again, probably it's because fear, it's because uh, fear from failure. I mean, I think anyone can relate to it, like fear from failure. And once you realize and understand that there is no such a thing failure, and that failure just taking you to the next step uh, for your hall uh, of your dreams. So <laughs> it helps a lot to think about it. So you weren't discouraged at all after the first bake? Exactly. Uh, through meditations, a lot of meditations, a lot of self-awareness, practice. And yeah, it takes time, but I still have it from time to time. I mean, I'm a human being and I right. will always have it. But, but as long you have the tools to observe that and just watch it. I think many people feel like if they're not successful at something the first time, it's hard to continue. Exactly. So first of all, it's just a challah, it's just a dough. <laughs> a lot of respect to that bread, but it's just challah. And you always control the dough. And if it's turned out not the way you like it or you want it, so there is always next one. And until you just get there. Okay, I'll be channeling you next time I try to make it. When we were talking earlier, you mentioned how you're giving a loaf to like a neighbor. And that was something that you started in Berlin. So was that well received there? I want to just picture you showing up at someone's door with this bread. So yeah, Germans don't share foods. <laughs> the neighbors don't share foods with each other, uh, which in Israel it's very common to share food. I remember my, my neighbor from upstairs when I knocked the door and he opened the doors and, and asked me, but why? <laughs> and he said that in German, he said that, aber warum? And yeah, I just explained them that this is, this is the way in Israel. I mean, you just share food if you got too much food, so you just share it. <laughs> Yeah, so I think he got used to it. For the, the second <laughs> week, it already was better. <laughs> I love that you brought that tradition to him and changed his ideas a little bit. Well, as you said, now you're back living in Israel, and that is the challah land. Um, and there's a lot of people making challah. People make their own all the time. Do you feel competitive at all about that? How do you like separate yourself from others? Or is there just enough hollow making to go around. Yeah, so there is definitely enough place for everybody on the planet. Everyone <laughs> can his own role and everybody can do his own thing. I don't feel any compet competitors around me. Uh, the only competitor I have, it's myself. I try to stick to that feeling because it's helped me a lot with self-growing and and yeah, everybody can do his own chala, his own braids, his own technique. Everybody needs to work together. I think this is, I mean, this is all the idea of the chala, no? To bring all the strengths together to something, to one piece. And this is exactly how I see the universe. As many, many, many strands just braid to one piece. That's a very positive way of thinking about the world that I think we all could use a little bit of today. Okay, so last question. Hala has taken you very far. You are Hala royalty, crowned the Hala prince. What do you see for the future? Like, where do you see this journey taking you? So, so far, everything I plan just, just become to something different. And yeah, to come to the US, that was a dream. Right now, I want to continue to explore 
all over the US. I want to visit as much communities as I can to meet a lot of people uh, from communities, from different places. Uh, I love to, to meet people. I love to come across with different people because I learn about myself through others. And that helps me a lot to be more clear with myself, more precise with myself uh, about what I need and what I want. And if I do something that can make others happy, so it's amazing. Uh, everybody told me that I need to have a book. Uh, so this is something that I'm thinking about. This tour is one out of four tours, so I will definitely continue for the next year to travel a lot. Uh, we were special. <laughs> <laughs> this is the last event for that tour. It's very special. Yeah. I think I will start to think about it like next year, maybe to see where it's going to take me. And yeah, who knows? Maybe television one day. Again, I'm not searching for big exposure, but I'm searching to make others happy. And if I can do that through different mediums and media, so I'm totally down to. <laughs> well, we are so incredibly grateful that you joined us today and shared your story. Thank you very much, Jewish Food Society. Thank you so much. We'll look forward to seeing you around. That was Dan Habasov, the Hollow Prince. Thank you for listening. I'll meet you back here next week. Until then, head to jewishfoodsociety.org for family recipes and stories from around the world. Shmalti is a production of Jewish Food Society, made with love in NYC. Be sure to subscribe and rate us wherever you get this show, so you don't miss any of the stories. Multi is produced and edited by Gal Shaya and Particle 3. Our executive producer is Nama Shafi, and our theme music is by Yuval Semo. This episode was recorded live by Daniel Block. I'm your host, Amanda Delph.